You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in a groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the Here we are. We're all online. What? All our microphones are on. If Except si- for Gav's. Gav's just a bystander, apparently. <laughs> no, he's security, background. in case security. you get out of control. Oh, yeah. You better watch out, Joe. Kerry, look, you're always out of Kerry. control. Kelly, Kerry, whatever you're called. Uh, we have security here just to keep you... Un- you know, I know it's NAIDOC week. You get a bit excited. So security's... you going to deal with her, mate? Gav's also known as Terry Knowles. Is he? Terry Nullis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry. G'day, Terry. That, that's, a, that's a great story, Terry Nullis. He, he was pulled over one stage there and um, that's, he gave it to nice Tell that story, Gabe, because he got pulled over by the police and they, and they asked him for his name. He said, my name's Terry Nullis. Yeah. So you got an identification. And then it ended up going to court and then the coppers, they're trying to prosecute and, and they called out the name Terry Nullis. And then the judges realised... Uh, but the copper didn't realise he was trying to prosecute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty quick thinking, Gav. <laughs> Had you thought about that before, or did it come to your mind like straight up, just I like that? It was a fantastic criminal name. Come closer to the come mic. Closer. We can hear your lovely yeah. voice. I just thought that Terry Nellis was a, a fantastic <laughs> criminal name. You know, yeah. Yeah. Don't exist incognito. That's right. Yeah, mm. but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not real. No. Uh, never existed. Robbie. Hey, how, Joe, are how you going, mate? It's NADOC week. It is. They tell me. All right, I was going to ask you. We ask the hard questions first. Okay. Look, yeah, I've, look I, I've been I've been involved in NADOC Week what for forty years, fifty years in Queensland now. Here, what do you think of the increasing corporatisation of NADOC Week, mate? I was offended by it back. back uh, I think it was when um, probably 30, 35 years ago. I yeah. was offended yeah. back then. I was how all of the things that we initiate get taken over by the state and. You know, reconstituted and turned it as some sort of corporate thing. It's sort of, it's lost its um, its meaning a lot. It used to be originally, I think it was originally held in September, uh, you know, which is not in the middle of winter. Mm. Anyway, this is where the the government and their wisdom sort of slotted us in. If we if we took the bait, yeah, you know, they they started funding thing, and then yeah. and, and you know. You know yeah. how it works. Yeah, we know how it works. Look, one of the great things I've about NADOC Week here in Melbourne, at least, is behind the bars, mate. How long has that been going on for? I think the 
into their 22nd year, which is right. quite incredible. I think it's 20. They've got yeah. 22 uh, CDs. And they may have missed out a couple, but right. um, yeah, it's a great effort. And it's a great opportunity to go in there and see our mob in there. You know, it affects me every time I go in there. You know, so here's our young people here, both black young men and black women, young women. It's, they're not together. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a form of um, uh, preventing births mm-hmm. in our group. Mm. And that's been going on for a long time, right mm. back in the reserves days when they put us in separate places mm. and mm. separated the young people. You know, yeah. you know what I'm getting at, Joe. I'm always yeah. angling on that line. There. Yeah, yeah. So just get, just just getting back to NAIDOC week. Um, how many how many of the prisons have you personally visited? Oh, oh probably over the period. Yeah. You know, because I haven't been consistent with. Beyond the bars, like some, yeah, yeah. the late Gary McGuinness was. Yeah. Um, prolific. Oh, he was, he was legendary. legendary. He was, and he, he made that. He kept that going for a long time, and mm. he was a, a spark behind it. Before that was uh, Ross Morgan with his Living Free program. I think a lot of that came out of that, mm. where they were talking about drugs, and 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 a lot of those followers were actually been in prison, and so that's sort of stemmed out of that, which is quite a while ago now, yeah, and. Um, yeah. And we've carried that on, and and we've developed a great relationship with the prisons. And that's that's it's not easy to just walk into the prison. It's harder to walk out, but it's, <laughs> yeah. But even just to get in there yeah. to do what we're doing, it's, it's a very mm. rare program to have mm. broadcast out of a prison. It's, mm. it's, it's mm. unique, I think. And, and have you been involved this this year? I have been. I'm, I was in Barwon yesterday, which right. is the maximum. Just just ex- explain to people who haven't been in Barwon what 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 it's what it's how's it's designed what it's like. I mean, you guys. Well, all prisons are depressing. Mm. You know, there's corridors and corridors and doors and and locks, and you know, and there's different sections and there's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty harsh. And then I, I try to imagine waking up to that every day. That sort of routine that that'd do my head in mm, mm. and um you know it, it really worries me seeing a young fellas yeah in their prime and, and they're missing out and you know I, I, it's not going to fix them that that sort of uh thing we, average people didn't have jails mm. you know we, people who committed crimes in in our traditional world end up being assets in our community rather than burden mm. and we'll tell you about how, how that works if they only listen to the law of the land here mm. You know, none of our people will be in jail. And uh, you know, no one gets away with uh, being a criminal either. No. You know, we had very strict laws. Like, you know, Exceptionally strict. laws got no, nothing on how strict our laws were. Mm. So, you know, I'm starting to really um, get involved now because I can feel a change going to come. Mm. They talk, the state's talking treaty, only talking treaty. You know, and they don't even, I don't even really understand what that means. There's a thing called the Europe Truth Commission that's yep. happening at the moment, which yep. is unraveling a bit of the history. Mm. I recently heard the um, a statement from the, the police commissioner that said that we are sorry for profiling the Aboriginal people. Mm. So that has weight in, in you know mm. in um, when we're facing these courts, mm. the the, the, um, the so, state so the state's legal representative actually said that. They recognise that the average people never ceded their sovereign, so that that all needs to be unpacked. It's only just happened in the last couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, get, getting back to the prisons, why do you think the are there any diversionary programs uh, occurring as far as youngsters are concerned, Aboriginal youngsters? Because you know you're not a huge part of the 
the, the Victorian population, but a huge part of the prison population. Why is that, is, well, why exactly there, right. Is, isn't, isn't there, isn't there a so-called so. Curry Court or something? Well, if you look at the expenditure on Aboriginal incarceration, legal mm. stuff, mm. it's enormous. We could put you up in a five-star hotel and we get change. At, if you look at the uh, the budgets of um, Aboriginal legal services yeah. around Australia, it's into the billions of dollars. They rarely win a case for Aboriginal people. It's like a jailing factory. And um, you know, we used to call it, you know, it's a copper plea service. You go in there, they, you have a copper plea. They mm. wouldn't even think, you might be in there for some other business, but they'd be looking at you say the copper plea. That's how they were treating us, you know. And, um, you know, I, I think the legal services failed average people very, very badly. You got, you they got, all have now, but... Uh, do you think there's, the, there's a reason behind yeah, that? The government funding them. Government funding. And the government's funding is, you know, what, what the agenda of the government is. Mm. You have a look at ed- education, it's about assimilation. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's about assimilation. Mm. And we've got to toe the line. Mm. But I, I feel there's a break now because of the, the, you, know, the, you want to talk about a treaty? Yep. You want to talk about truth and justice? Mm. Well, come bring it on. Mm. You know, we're ready for it. We weren't waiting here for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. And I think the force of nature is caught up with this colonial mm. state. Yeah, let's, let's, get back, let's get back to the prison. Because I think a lot of people don't understand why there are so many Aboriginal Victorians and other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders in prison here in Victoria. So, you know, you, you've gone in there, you've met people. What type of... Um, why are they in there? Uh, the opportunities, creating the conditions of life, of intent. Yep. Um, starving off of opportunities uh, mm. right from the very beginning, like education, opportunities... Mm. Mm. There's chronic racism in this country. It's institutional. Mm. It's not only institutionalised, it's constituted. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Racism. So yeah. how, how do you feel? We're a very small population. Mm. I think we're about 1% of the population. In Victoria you are, yeah. Well, we, we, we'd be minute. Yeah. You know, when, when you say you're Aboriginal, where to? What part of this continent are you Aboriginal to? They just say yeah. you're Aboriginal. What yeah. country are you yeah. from? Yeah. So people need to ask those questions. And yeah. we have colonialism going on amongst ourselves too. Yeah, I'm just and, and government sort of creates those divides and, and funds those divides. Yeah, where we've got people who got no idea about our language, our sites, mm. our history, but they're running our business. Yeah, you yeah. know. What I, I, mean? I want to get back to the blokes and the women in prison that you've met, you know, uh, this yeah. week because yeah. you know you, you've you've been involved in something that none of us will ever be involved in. You know, you've been at the coalface, you've met your people, you've spoken to them, you've interviewed them, so. Why don't we have diversionary programs? And if we do, why are they so useless? Wow. I, mean, I mean, I mean, it's not as if everybody in there is a rapist and a murderer. Most people are there, you know. Some are on remand. That's what I'm saying. Most of them are on remand. And, you know, you don't get any services either when you're on no. remand. You're just being held in yep. limbo, basically. Yep. Yep. It's horrid. Yep. Yeah, people forget how many are on remand. Yeah. And how many are then... But By the time the, they get to court, they're, they're, they're discharged because they've served more than their sentence. Well, tell me if I'm wrong, Joe, but this country yeah. was established as a convict penal colony. It's a jailing factory. That's what they know how to do best. And, and um, you know, they come over as the convicts. Mm. Now, the convicts have got our land and we're the convicts. Mm. Makes sense. To, no, it doesn't make sense to me, but mm. you can see how colonialism mm. works and mm. it's important to, you know, belittle Aboriginal people, demean them. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's full on race hatred indoctrination. It's institutionalised again. Yeah. So that that affects you. 
if you go through school, you know, you're up against it. You, you feel mm. that the whole system's against you. Mm. I, I did. Mm. You've got to be very clever on how to step through it. Mm. You know, and, and like I just said recently, the, the, the police commissioner admitted that the profiling of Aboriginal people was, you know, it's a big earn there. You know, mm. one person in jail brings a lot of money into the system for them. Oh, yeah, we've, you know, we've seen could, the explosion of prison populations. We could send that country. person through college a few times. Yeah, on we've that seen the explosion of, you know, of prison population. What are people that you spoke to in prison saying to you? What What do they want? Um, you know, what do they want? I, I think there's a lot of frustration. Mm. A, a lot of our people have uh, haven't had the opportunity to become educated. You know, there's, there's all sorts of problems. There's... There's multitudes of problems growing up as an Aboriginal person in this country. There's a good chance your family's going to get broken up. There's a good chance that you're going to be taken from your family as a child. You know, that, that's the first step in um, a career of criminality. Mm. They create in that situation right there. Mm. And you know, that's been going on for such a long time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I really... I, I don't think we're bad people. We're not, no, 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 of course you're not bad people. We're not bad people. Uh, no. yeah, and, and, you know, yeah. I, I, it really hurts me to see all them young, beautiful people in there. Yeah. And that's where they're Yeah, what are they saying? What are these young, beautiful people saying to you? I mean, they're saying, what What do they actually... Well, they've, done, they've probably done something stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we all do things stupid. And, but they 90% the full, of they us get away with it. They really do cop the full force of the law, Aboriginal that, That's what I... This is what, this is what I'm trying to There's get... There's no breaks. Get, it's not to kick up the ass. They go yeah, home. It's, yeah, it's, you're getting yeah. locked up and, and, yeah. and repressed and put on these holds and then... Yeah. You're, you know, really brutal. Yeah. A lot of our people have been bashed in jail. Mm. Well, what's happening? I'll dodge, I'll dodge that. Ball, but yeah. My brother there, he yeah. hasn't. Like, yeah. it's you know, I'm, you know, I can see these fellas coming. I know what they're what they're about. It's, it's the whole intent of this society is about this mm. rubbishing mm. Aboriginal people mm. and making sure that we're in these worst places. So we really can't represent ourselves mm. and claim our inherent rights and things like that. So it's it's in the interest of the entire society to repress us and, st- and jail us and keep us out of sight, out of mind. You got, you got any opinion regarding the Curry Court, the process? Only a bad one. Yeah, and what, what, why is that? Because um, we're not Currys for a start. It's mm-hmm. the wrong jurisdiction. Currys mm-hmm. come from New South Wales. It's a Curry word. Mm-hmm. It comes from New South Wales words. It mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. reflect who the... The original people and their law here, mm. you know, mm. we, we've got ancient laws out here. Yeah, but let's, let's go to the, the That's court. One they're thing. supposed to divert people, aren't they, from jail? Oh, Isn't that role? Well, uh, Aboriginal people would say they'd rather go through the, uh, the normal magistrate than face them fellas. Really? Yeah. yeah. Why do you think so? Because they're, they're trying to prove something, these black fellas. Right. Where, and, and they're not running on the... They call themselves Aboriginal, but they're running with white law. Mm-hmm. So what they apply in white law to Aboriginal people? Why don't you talk about Aboriginal law for Aboriginal people? Mm-hmm. They can't. They haven't got that. See, so that's right. why it's dodgy. It's a waste of money, and like everything they do, it's it's not thought out, and it's mm-hmm. it's not really about um, fixing our problems. It's about making money for them. And um, you know, there's a whole industry. Well, they call it the the prison industrial complex. complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we heard that this is they're the masters of it here. They mm-hmm. taught the rest of the world how to do this mm-hmm. stuff. So you're telling me that the diversionary programs in this state are not working, that most kids that turn up that turn up in, in, in court will find themselves jailed? Absolutely. Mm. More likely than not. Right. And, and I think it's, um, it's, that's part of the whole process too. 
regardless of what these fellows have done, mm. we're going to put them on a career of criminality and, yeah. and a revolving mm. door syndrome because, mm. you know, that's mm. in the interest of all of our jobs here that we've got here. And I'm talking about the non-Aboriginal start, uh, infrastructure that's around us, you know, the lawyers, the judges, the police, the corrections, all non-Aboriginal people mm. taking a piece of the Aboriginal budget and things like justifying it. Mm. And, and, and you... Going out to these jails, you can see towns growing up around these jails. Mm. You know, Blackfellow can't get a house in his own country. You know, and it's pretty, it's pretty um, disgusting, really. Yeah. You know, and I've always said it. You know, I've always been. This is a premeditated criminal act of genocide going yeah, on in this yeah. country. Well, no well, treaty, no yeah. consent, no jurisdiction, yeah. which is important, Joe. Yeah. Where's the jurisdiction? Yeah, we understand all that. What? what yeah, well, how come they're t- trying us? Yeah, well, what I want to get back to the thing is they are trying you and they are putting you in bloody jail. What 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 are the kids or the young men and women in jail telling you? You've been there, I haven't. What yeah. are they telling you? Uh, they don't talk about their crimes. No, I'm not talking about their crimes. What are they telling you about what they want, what what their where their dreams are? Uh, they, they, you know? They're missing their families. Yeah, and, and that's probably the main thing that mm. comes out of it mm. all. Mm. So that's why we do go in there and give right. them, at least we give them opportunity to say hello to their families during NATO. It's right. not much, you know. I've, I feel we can do a lot more, right? But, right. but that's what we're doing. And then, so they're, they're saying they're missing their families, mainly missing their families and their kids. You know, yep. you don't get yep. to see your kids growing up. That's yep. what you're doing a certain now years. You, yeah, you miss yeah. out on so much. Yeah. And if a young person. Mm. I don't know if you were ever young once, Joe. No, I doubt it, <laughs> Robbie. I was all I was born like this. <laughs> but you know, when you're young, you don't know. You, no. You've got you've yeah. a lot of fear. You don't. You, you're not really aware. Depends yeah. on how you got you grew up. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of people coming out of broken families, and yeah. there's, there's reasons. It's generational. Right. The reasons. Right. Right. It's impacting. It's intergenerational. Yeah. And you know, like, a lot of these fellas. Parents would have been incarcerated, and yeah. and even their grandparents. So it's yeah. it's like become normalised in a sense. Mm. And and I remember it's not the same now. It was it was like um, part of the uh, growing up process to go through the system. Yeah, you had to go to jail to actually be yeah be somebody. somebody. Yeah. yeah, that's the way it used to be. I know. Yeah, know Queen, what I mean. Yeah, up in Queensland was the same thing. You had to be. So, and and then we're trying to break away from that sort of thing. You know, mm, that, that doesn't mm. make you any better than anyway because you go to jail. And oh, no. Can I ask a little quick question, Robbie? You just mentioned um, you'd like to see more done with Beyond the Bars. What other visions do you have for how it could broaden or whatever grow or? Uh, I'd like to see something like a cultural heritage education program mm-hmm. Im- implemented in the entire system. I don't know what the Aboriginal Legal Service and all those corrections people do, but there, there's nothing to do to in the name of prevention. And that's the, what did you call that word, Joe? Uh, diversion. 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 The best diversion yeah, is prevention. Them, you know. Isn't that yeah. the best... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. best um, I mean, I, diversion I, is to actually prevent things happening that, in the first place. That's right. Well, let's have a look at why yeah. that's happening. Or, or, or if they happen, you don't, you, don't, you don't charge somebody. You say, look, piss off. If you come back, we'll do, you know, yeah. give them a chance. You've got to give yeah. them a chance. And what you're saying is Aboriginal people, look, I, I know a lot of people who've had diversionary programs. They've, they've done things, you know, not huge things, but they've done things. They've come and, and they've been let loose with a, with a warning. Uh, yeah. you, this is not happening in Aboriginal communities. No, no, no. no that never, straight, straight, really, straight to remand. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and it, you, know, you look at the the way that they're, they're structured. The police, you know, it was really, uh, 
mainly a non-Aboriginal, it was very rare to see an Aboriginal person in that system at all. Yeah, yeah. It may be changing remotely now, but still, that needs to change. Right. But um, I think the whole system is wrong. You know, everything about it, it, it can be, the whole system can do better. Oh, I'm you sure can't, it can. You can't be premised mm. on jailing people and no, oppressing people. No. You know that, Joe. That's yeah, but I want, to go, I want to go back to the ones that are there because and the ones that are going to be there in the future. Um, what can be done? Are they? Do, do they make any suggestions apart from they're saying they're missing family, which is understandable? What are they saying about what happens to them in prison? Uh, are they getting any... Education no, or anything, no. or any any programs or anything. You're talking about having programs in prison and any cultural programs. Well, what, like one that? of those, one program in particular, is it, it really struck me. I went to Fulham last year, and when the police said, "Well, how come all you know the Muslims can practice their religion here, mm-hmm. the Christians got their little space here, everyone's got their the Hindus, everyone's got their little religious space to do their mm-hmm. their practice, except the Aboriginal people." Right. And that really struck me. I said, well, how come? Well, we haven't got a religion. We haven't got a spirituality. We, we don't have a space. So I said, well, we can do something about it. And I suggested even just taking a feather, an eagle feather in there. Because that's, that's, that's part of our religious belief system there, right there. And that, just to do something like that is very difficult. But I'm, that's one thing I want to do. And that cultural heritage education program, which, which would... Do a lot for our people. Our, our people didn't get the opportunity to learn about their culture and their heritage and things like that. So if there's, they're sitting there as a um, captive audience, what a perfect opportunity to do that. And and I think this Malmesbury prison is closing down. Yeah, was that a, was that a was that a sort of prison? Was it? Yeah, juvenile. Juvenile, right? Yeah. Well, why can't we, as the Aboriginal people of Victoria, have that jail in the interim? We won't need it for that long. Uh, take all our prisoners and we'll put them through our pro- process of uh, incarceration, for want of a better word. But we'd actually educate them, and, you know, and um, teach them about what they haven't got, and you know, they're probably something you're never going to change. Okay, and you don't have to come there. Mm. You, you can mm. go through the white system, and maybe white folks might have come to our system too. Yeah, and I think give us a jail. You know, we, we could justify that. We have our elders running it. We could have cultural programs and, you know, uh, I think just about eliminate mm, mm. the fact that we haven't gone to these jails yet. We've got a, such a lot to offer and a lot to lose Yeah. So as Aboriginal people of this land. And, you know, justice, we still haven't had proper justice. Sure, that's got to have, have an impact. But at the end of the day, it's all about educating the wider community. You can see what's happened with this voice, whether, how they're imposing it on the system. And they're naturally going to get a reject, uh, uh, the reaction they're, they're, they're being, they want. And what do they educate the people first about the facts of the matter? Mm. They don't want to do that. Mm. Let's, let's, let's get back. NAIDOC week behind the bars. I, I'm, as so many of your people, or so many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and in prison around the country, huge amounts, one yes. third of the prison yes, population. Right. You know, in the Northern Territory, I had a mate who went to prison in Darwin. He was, you know, he was a whitey like me. He said 95%, he was there, there for six months, Darwin prison, he said 95% of the prisoners he was with were Indigenous, yep. 95%. Oh, it's disgusting. In so, some so, places, 100% too. Yeah. So have you got, you got any ideas, you know, any ideas? I mean, I'm not asking people to change their ways. I'm asking the system to try to, you know, 
change what's the numbers and the deaths in custody and you know you've given one idea about the Malmesbury taking that over you got any other ideas well I, I think um, well you, the academy can you know the police academy right. wasn't there some sort of cultural component there to there was have you, have you ever spoken to the police academy I, I used to talk to uh, on a regular basis to the Fitzroy and Collingwood police back right. in the day in the 80s I think Right, right. And which worked wonders. You know, right. We didn't have death in custody in Fitzroy, right? right? right. And, um, because it was just a simple connection to a person. And, yeah. and, and when they hear you speak, I was you know, want to take my hat off to the sergeant at that time. He made them, them coppers listen to me. He yeah. said, no, nah, this is what you're going to be doing. And he made them listen. Yeah. And then rather than being profiled, we are waving to the coppers as they were going by. You know, like, it was yeah. a different, yeah. totally different mm. thing. And so... It doesn't take much. It's just it's little twigs in the system here that are... Well, ninety percent of Victorians would never have met an Aboriginal person. That's right. They wouldn't have even met. Them. Well, they got no, all, all they've got. All they got is this: there the, the, these fixed ideas that in the community, you know, about Aboriginal people. And you're quite right; it's the human interaction. It is. So, what, what do you think? That's a possibility. I think it's sure. It's surely, and and you know, mm. with the evidence of Europe coming out. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the you know. If you're going to look at the treaty, you're going to look at the history. And, mm. um, you know, people don't know. It's been well hidden, the, the oh, history yeah. of this country. And I think once that's exposed, you probably rarely, probably won't even see an Aboriginal person go to jail. You know, the people knew the gravity of crime scene in Victoria, let alone Australia. Mm. You know, you'd, be, you'd be horrified what, what we're talking about here. Well, the further south you go, the greater was the atrocities. That's the way it is, you know. I mean, the further north you go, there were atrocities, but at least people were in numbers, survived in numbers. But yeah. down here, you know, the figures, there were over 150,000 Aboriginals here in Victoria, and within 15 years there was less than 2,000. And that was the period between 1835, Batman's Treaty, right. and 1851, the first Australia's first constitution. That's right. And that's yeah. what the, the original Terra mm. constitution was, the mm. Victorian constitution, mm. not the federal one. Mm. It started here. This is, where the, this is the first constitution in Australia that was based on the idea that it was empty because mm. they'd done the job on us. And, a lot of, and the native police would have done a lot of those massacres. So don't worry, Oz, it's not just you who do, doing the, um, no, that's doing the, uh, the murdering of the black people here. It was well, our people that. who were being, they were being paid That's by right. The you bring people down from Queensland, you know, so there's no tribal affiliation. Well, they took yeah. them from here up there too. Uh, to, and yeah. then they, uh, they yeah. tried to bring Tunnaminuit and Morbohina yeah. were yeah. brought over for those same reasons. That's to right. Be, uh, yeah, they were here to civilise you bastards. That's what they were yeah. brought for. And then they got hung Good for trying <laughs> then, then try to civilise you. A lot of tried. Yeah, to look, uh, this is a radical Australian community. Yeah, right yeah and we're, we're, we're the ones that's singing up the unceded sovereignty. I don't know where the house is coming from. This is where the power that's coming from here, right here, this state here. Yeah. Because we're not going to cop this, mm. you know. Like, yeah. you know, you show us, show us how you got jurisdiction. Show you got a treaty, you got consent, you got jurisdiction on us. No, you ain't. Yeah. So, you know, we've only got one weapon. That's the truth. That's enough. Mm. And, and uh, the spirit. The spirit. You got more than the truth. The truth sometimes isn't enough. It's the spirit. Well, you got to keep the idea alive. Well, I think alive. The truth yeah. is like a weapon of mass destruction in the yeah. land of the lion, the home of the murdering thief. As long as they want to listen. Well, it doesn't and, matter. And, and there's a lot matter. of people don't listen, as you know. They well, and they don't. Not they don't listen. They don't want to listen. They don't want to hear the, the stories. There's the pressure. There's the environmental mm. pressure yeah. now. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that are, are, yeah. are caving in on the yeah. system that. So far superior than the Aboriginal one was, mm, right? Mm. Well, I said, well, have a look now. 
You know that our, our population in Australia went from 100% about 250 years ago black to 2% in 250 years. Mm. Yeah, that's not an act of genocide. What the hell is? Uh, you forgot about the Indonesian tourists up north that used to come down and trade with you mob. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't do that no more because there's a little problem in West Papua there. That's right. Right, and, and yeah. uh, I think they do. They come right down here to Swan Bay now, where they yeah. train their capaces down here. Yeah, down here they do. They used to train them to cut. So Victorian Karanga. taxpayers pay for these mass murderers. Of, yeah, we train people them, don't know arm them, train them. Goes on and on. You know, and, and it's all premise on you know what they how they created the native police, the mounted native police force. What mm. a brutal. Uh, team mm. they were and yeah. lots of things you know child soldiers in Africa were premised on that same yeah. sort of things all yeah. these things Australia's Down in. the number one protagonist you're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial this program is streaming on 3cr.org.au the program is podcast you can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au I'm going to change the conversation, Robbie, because <coughs> oh, excuse me. guess what? I'm the boss today. Okay. So. <laughs> I'll be the boss, man. <laughs> right, boss, look, man. I'm interested. Look, how long have you been at 3CR for, mate? I remember um, Cromwell Street. 20 Cromwell Street. You remember that I little remember dungeon? That I little, remember, little, I remember uh, Cromwell Street. It was like a factory. Yeah, so, so when did you start? Well, I was hanging out everywhere. Was a, uh, when so did I, you... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you... I was involved with... Uh, Foley and McGuinness had... Oh, yeah, that, that, those, those, those troublemakers, sort of yeah. Linked with 3CR at that stage. They had some sort of link going on there. Yeah, yeah. Triple Z, was it Triple Z? Uh, Hardware Lane and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Double Z or something. That was the very first radio I even had an inkling of. And then, what's, you know, what's Foley, Cosmic Cowboy and... Yeah, yeah. You know, and they were, I've been following... You would only been a kid then, wouldn't you? What, 15, 16? No, I would have been. I, I, I was 20 years of age in seven, 1977. 77, so yeah. I, I yeah, was 20. 19 when this radio station began. Yeah, yeah, 76, yeah. Yeah, so... So, so at Cromwell Street, did you do any broadcasting? No, no, I didn't do any. I just like, uh, hang around Foley. You were like... You were like, like Foley's you're, bodyguard. Yeah, you're like our little mate there, you know. He won't talk to us. Butcher was telling us <laughs> a few weeks ago we had him in that you used to be a boxer, Robbie. Oh, yeah, I used to be a boxer, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually helped build it. Fitzroy Stars Youth Club and Gymnasium oh. back in the day. There's an incredible story around that. Oh, tell us oh. the story. Um, well, it was the health services project was to, to have a, 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 a youth club. It was my insistence that, that they have a gym with it, you know, <laughs> which is um, maybe turns out to be the wrong decision. Because what the gym brings with it, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I knew the gym could self-sustain itself. Right. And, you know, right. I, I love the idea. I grew up with Lionel Rose being my idol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I was all over that stuff. And um, I wanted to see a gym and, um, for my own personal reasons. But, and, and, and it happened to um, fall into our hands at gym because there was a guy who was working there. He actually got killed. On the job, mm-hmm. and and the gym was there sitting there, and I was working with him. So I said, "Let's take this," and that's how the the youth club began. Right. But the health service was pushing more about the youth club, and I was pushing them more the gym. And I was sort of uh, loosely connected to the health service. I wasn't a part of it, but I was connected to it. I was in the, even independent of Aboriginal organisations mm-hmm. because you know once they become incorporated, we lost our community. 
control over them. That's why they're just a toxic mimic of what they meant to be. Mm. What the ones are today, the ones also talking about their voice. Ah, I'm going to... The, the, the yeah. same ones talking about their voice are the ones yeah. who created the gap. Yeah, but you're... Yeah, you're no, look, look you've got your program. All right. You can, <laughs> you, you can do all that on your program. That's on we're, 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 we're interested in Robbie today, all right? Not Robbie's ideas, all right? <laughs> oh, that's okay. not fair. Really. No, it is fair. He's got tons of programs like I have. You all know? right, fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's fascinating. You know, boxer. How did you go for your career? I had eight fights in one yep. year, yeah, which yeah. is I didn't. That's think, a lot. Yeah. Oh, it is a lot. I didn't yeah. realize. Although yeah. I, I got into boxing because um, um, they they rubbed out our Fitzroy Stars Football Club. It wasn't a, a competition in Victoria that we could enter into. Right. And I think it's like twenty six different comps, all rejected the, the all Aboriginal football club. Right. So we, we, we were travelling interstate. We went down to uh, Warrnambool where we played with the Pernham Bears and they won a grand – because we injected it with our, our talent. <laughs> we um we won the grand final after 50 years so, and we took that team. <laughs> I was mad. That, but they knocked our club out. You know, and Why? Said, Why? Because they reckon we're too rough. Too rough. And, uh, you know – well, they didn't have, they didn't have video. They didn't, they didn't have videos in those we were days. We're playing against these kind district broady bandits, and they were mean guys, yeah. you know. Anyway, you were too rough when we you were, were playing too with the, rough. when you were playing with the broady bandits. I remember the broady bandits. They were mean. You were right. They That's were right. tough and mean. They mean, yeah. <laughs> we fixed them all up, though. right? Right. Because yeah, we had groups of brothers. Like we had. Sets of four brothers, sets of three. three. Yeah. Everyone had a brother. Right. Even the the take and white fella. Yeah. He, he was a brother-in-law. Right. <laughs> it was a pretty tight team, as you can imagine. You know? And yeah. it, it was yeah. our football club was largely responsible for helping us grow our our community organisations as well. Because mm-hmm. you know? it was a, an activity that we did outside of the state. You know, it was something yeah. we initiated and, yeah. and grew yeah. with, and, mm. and and that was really effective. We had that sort of power, mm. the power of a football club. And, and you know yourself, if you take a football club out of a community, it, take, it, it destroys it. Destroys it. it. What destroys the kids do? It. Yeah. All right. So that was such a beautiful thing, Fitzroy Stars. I was so privileged. I played 15 years A grade football with the Fitzroy Stars. Stars. What position? I was a rover. Yeah, of course he's a rover. Look at him. He, he, he was the Bartlett. He was the Bartlett of the Fitz. He, he was a he was a goal sneak. I would have break. I would have break Bartlett's ribs. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a goal sneaker. You know, I, remember, I remember Sheedy and, and Francis Burke and Royce yeah. Hart. That was my era. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was also the the, the on a number of occasions. I, I was a Victorian Aboriginal writer. Oh, right. and, and my nemesis was Jimmy Cracker from the West. Oh, good old Jimmy. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. it was um, you know, it was some pretty we, – we created the first National Football League right. back in the day. It was such a fantastic. We were travelling all across the country yeah. for our netball teams and our yeah. football teams. Yeah. We pioneered all, that, pioneered all that stuff. That's right. It was fantastic. And, and then what they brought Jimmy and his brother down here for North Melbourne, wasn't North it? North Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. And Andrew, there's a few, yeah. few that followed in there. Yeah. In the really early, early days when it was really – Well, Polly Farmer. I remember Polly Farmer and Sid yeah. Jackson. I'm a good yeah. friend of – yeah. Sid, you know, yeah. going back to 75, Sid Jackson. Right, and, right, right. And Robbie Miller. Remember yep, Robbie Miller? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And they, they stopped you playing because they said you were too rough. Yeah, they, they, that was a lot of racism. You know, like we knew that we had to beat 18, 19 players every every weekend. We had to play against the umpire too. That's you right. Know, and he was on yeah. their side. And, and we, we knew we had to zip the lip and just, you know, 
overcome all the problems of racism, copped all the crowd races oh, the, shock. in those days, yeah. But, um, you know, we went through that and we, we, we stood supreme at the end of the day. They didn't like it. And, and if we had been able to develop our club the way we wanted, we would have been, we would have been running yeah. the AFL now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got that. So how, how did the club run? Did it have an executive or...? Yeah, it was the first Aboriginal administrated team as well, right. not just an Aboriginal football team. Right. The most important thing about it was the administration was uh, Aboriginal. Mm. And my mother was actually the, uh, part of the, the manager of that, of that and won an award back in the um, early 70s. Mm. National Aboriginal Sports Federation Award as sports administrator. Right. So, you know, it's amazing stuff there. Is mm. your uh, mum Margie? Is your mum Margie? My mum's Alma. Alma. Marge Marge is, is your... Marge is my older sister. Oh, that's your sister. Marge is also Lydia's I, mother. Yeah. Oh, I, think, I, think, I think Margie would be upset to think you're confused her with Alma. There oh, must be at I least just, 20 years difference there. No, but there. I, I, I don't know the lady by face. <laughs> no. I've just heard her voice on 3CR, yeah, so yeah. I wasn't no, sure. Very much No, we're just, we're just pulling your leg. And also, my all my sisters have done fantastic work in the communities yeah. over the years, and yeah. childcare, Marge in particular. Yeah. I mean, you, you, come from, you come from an exceptionally talented family, the Forbes here in Victoria. They've always been a force to be reckoned well, with. We've been lucky that we've been able to stay together as a family. I think that's mm. that's got a lot to do with it. Well, it's, it's not luck, is it? It's really up, it's those strong women that have kept you together, isn't well, it? Well, in the early days, it was my dad, who was a great was footballer and right. a good fighter. Yeah. And we lived in a... We lived in a mining town in Yalorn, mm-hmm. biggest open-cut coal mine in the world. And my dad worked there for 40 years straight. He played football. He was the number one footballer there. So no one mucked with us. Because yeah. my dad would catch him at the pub in the night. And uh, right. so, so we, lived, we didn't play space. And we were seven us. Mm. And we lived in a five-bedroom house, double garage, on a big block. Mm. So, you know, we... Racism was, you know, it wasn't the same for living in a reserve. We knew what it was like there, and we could see what was going on. And what really opened my eyes was um, when I, when the late Dr. Bruce McGuinness, because I worked with them with the health service development. My mum and Gary Foley and uh, Dennis Walker, all those fellas. I got out of great education there. But when Bruce took me to the uh, the tent embassy when I was about sixteen, it just changed. I said, "Oh my God, I." I couldn't sort of walk away from that, you know. I always wanted to be a sportsman. I said, no, I don't want to be a sportsman in a world, in a country like this. So, hey, did that change your life direction then, going yeah, it there? Yeah, did, absolutely. I, was, I hated the idea of politics and law. I hated the, the, the mm. It really irritated me and I didn't want to be a part of it at all. I, I hated it all, but I love sport. Mm. Well, I stepped away from sport after that. I, I played local sport. But, um, you know, mm. I had a bit of ability. I, I, I had eight fights. I was uh, I had five wins, two draws and one loss, right. which wasn't a bad effort. That's a, bad, that's a good effort for eight fights in one year. Yeah, one, one yeah. year. And I, I come straight off the grass. I had, had no background, like no, no. amateur fighting, and yeah, I just went straight yeah. into profession, which is not a good idea. No, right? no, you, no. You've got to have that background in fighting because yeah. it's such a... It's, oh, it's just it's one of the few sports, in inverted commas, where it's one-on-one. It's one-on-one. You're and on the, the, and the, 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 there's nothing. There's just you and the other person. I said to me, coach, I said, look... I believe in you, coach. If you tell you, if you think I can beat him, you, you chuck me. I'll just, I'm just going in there, Brian. <laughs> and he chucked me over everybody. I don't think I ever fought anyone my own weight. <laughs> but he, he, he believed. He thought I could. He thought I could. He could do it. I, just, I was, didn't really get to being real pro. I was just starting to get into that, and I got. I think I got nobbled actually. Nobbled. Yeah. 
Well, it's something, something you drink. Oh, I was fighting fit one day, then I just I couldn't blow out a, a candle the next. Right. You know, and then yeah. I tried to redeem, and I just couldn't Goodness. couldn't bring it back. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. punctured. Well, maybe maybe the anger gone, and when you're into politics, you know, you redirected. Well, I was doing actually the both at the same time, which was yeah. burning a candle on Work both ends, like yeah. getting up early, training, and, yeah. and training late, and then doing all this politicking at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Any other pivotal experiences, like uh, you know, like you said, the that you've had the cultural heritage, Australia? the cultural heritage legislation experience was um, a mm. pivotal thing, which brought in that Cultural Heritage Destruction Act. It was mm. supposed to be the Protection Act, but it ended up being the, mm. the act of destroying the cultural heritage, which set the whole scene for the rest of the Cultural Heritage Protection Acts around the country. The one in Victoria, the Victorian one. That was um, my first sort of check, it, you know, going into the system and on a committee. It was called the Relics Act Review Committee because Aboriginal Cultural Heritage was termed as a relic. Relic, that's right. And it was managed by archaeologists and and, and anthropologists Mm. that they interpreted it all. And then when that changed, I got involved. A few others, Mm. like Mm. uh, Joy Murphy was on that committee, uh, laid out at Mullet, a few notable black followers. But I walked away. I said, no, I just can't can't have it that a a Mm. non-Aboriginal person got the right to destroy our sites for Mm. whatever reason. I don't Mm. care. That's not how I want to be a part of that law, and I, I walked away from that. And, I, I, and, I, and I've been walking away <laughs> from a lot of things, yeah. But I did notice you in one of the displays in the uh, Victoria Museum. What did you think about that? Was that with um, uh, Nicky Winmar, I think? Yeah, I think it was Nicky Winmar. Well, it was about racism. And, yeah, 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 you were there, and you were, um, you know. Because I, I used to have run a, an, an independent Aboriginal information centre. Right, tell us about that. It was called Korean from Kick. All right, uh, and we we, we were both we had come off the back of the uh, nineteen eighty two Commonwealth Games in Brisbane. Right, which was a, a massive occasion for Aboriginal people, oh, where we actually huge, flipped huge. flipped uh, Joe Bajalki Peterson out of his. We I think we we actually broke his back there because. No one was marching in um, Brisbane at the time, and mm. we big, biggest mob from Melbourne and all around Australia. We went there at Musgrave mm. Park and defied all his government. Mm. Um, we had these massive protests, and um, lots of us got arrested. And uh, I think I even got a Queen's pardon out of that somehow. Well, I got arrested that time, but it was just, just overwhelmed. It, and every yeah. time we did get jailed, we got we got bailed out by the community. Yeah. So, yeah, I was loving yeah, that. They, they were great, those those protests in 82. And then from that, we came yeah. back and created the Korean Information Center. Yeah, because there was, there was a big radical hub, you know, the Black Panthers in the 70s in Queensland, you know, yes. it was a big radical hub. Yes. Now, I'm going to ask you a rude question, probably. Right. Yeah. How come you're not broadcasting on that other radio station where all you mob go to? Well, I might let go answer that question. Because <laughs> we, we actually did. You did? Hey, what was our show called, Gav? Oh, 9am. 9am. We had a little morning program from 9 o'clock. Yeah. But I was thinking, because it was in the lead up to um, the Stolenwell Games, and I just used that program. Oh, so, yeah. And we sung up the, the fire that we're going to light there in the thing. Yeah. And they, they wake up to us, the, the blackboard. Hey, 
the black bureaucratic <laughs> board who manage and, yeah. and controls everything in those organisations. Yeah. We got away for, for a while, eh? Yeah. We had fun. They turned yeah, off we the power. We were the, the, we were the number one. They program. turned off the power in the studio, <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, that's that's a bit rough when they turn off the power, mate. And in particular when you know. K&D came out of places like Free If it wasn't Free CR, K&D wouldn't, wouldn't exist. exist. It wouldn't exist. And you now we've we done a lot of work in uh, broadcast, um, Aboriginal broadcasts across this country. Yeah. With Karma, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tamer, yeah. a remote area meter. Mm. We was uh, an North Korean information centre mm. and broadcasters from Free CR. We, we, we hung on the back of the, uh, the, the Aboriginal Health Service mm. NAHO organisation and we, we met as the media connection to that and mm. i tried to keep it independent but they all went for the corporate dollar yeah which is fair enough you know you're entitled to some welfare but it come with a hook and that's what i didn't like and that's why they really we really haven't got a voice we haven't got a political voice you know and they're talking about the voice you know it's, yeah, uh, it's they're all bureaucrats who yeah. created the gap yeah i'm not arguing anyway. about that. i want to go back i want to i want to show a side of you that you don't show on your programs, all right? You're like me. You like to. The, he wants the inside scoop. No, 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 no. It's not the inside scoop. He's like me. You know, we, we just talk politics and bullshit all the time. But now I wanna, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the real Robbie. You know, it's been difficult. I've been polite. After all these years. <laughs> yeah, I've been polite. It's been difficult. My name's Duran Bundalini Boron Mundundurung. That's right. Now, young boy. Bull- yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't. I, I can't repeat can't that. That's I can't too. say. I can't even pronounce most names, can no, I? Always wrong. Yeah. I'm always no, wrong I'm with the guests. No, right. Okay. Now, where was I? Now, now you've you're getting down to the nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Yeah, nitty gritty, yeah, mate. Yeah. When you talk that you're spiritual, what do you mean by that? I, I think all people have got spirit in them, right? I, I think if once your spirit leaves your body, you're dead, right? <laughs> So that's the power of a spirit, and you're like, and average people have great understanding of the power of your own spirit. It's it's a functioning, it's a human function that people, most people on the planet, have forgotten how to use. And this a spirit can take you back to the beginning of time, right? And all the knowledge that comes with that. So if you know how to use your spirituality, it's a huge um, asset for you. Right? You really don't need to go to school. There's the there's the uh, information there. You just got to know how to draw on that, and there's there's ceremonial ways to access those things. But that's not really what you're asking. Uh, yeah. Everyone's got everyone's got spirituality, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's uh, I think it's just something Aboriginal people really embraced, and right. it's very much a part of our world. Mm-hmm. Right? In fact, we we don't your spirit don't die. It's indestructible. It's always going to be there. And it, it just it, it, it enters into our our current bodies here now. This is the temple they're in now, and you know it's the same spirits. So if you you're born in Australia, you you good chance you're going to be catching these Aboriginal spirits that are dwelling here, waiting mm-hmm. to be reborn. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe, and that's right. a, it's a, yeah. a, a, a mm-hmm. for everything. It's for everything, yeah. yeah now you, you've had a lot of pain in your life, a lot of pain. How do you cope with that pain? I mean, even recently, you're. You know, a woman you love dearly. Oh, you know, yeah. you know. I mean, it's. I mean, I've been through the same experience. So, you know, we're two old widowers. You know, <laughs> chew, chewing the cat. But you know, it's difficult, isn't it? It's really. Oh difficult. no, that's really. I, I, I'm not the same person. I'm, 
my best half. I'm missing my best half. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I was planning to spend the rest of my life, but it was something I thought about too. And you know, so um, it, it really knocked me around, and it didn't really hit me until the actual actual time that you did pass. And I, you know, I was in sort of denial of all that right up to that yeah. point, and um. Yeah. It was not just hard for me, it was hard for all of Viv's young family, beautiful yeah. kids, and yeah. um, her beautiful dad and her other sides of the family. It was, it was such devastation, and you know, you know how hard that is, Joe. You're like, you're the best, my, the, half my world disappeared in, yeah. that, in that instant, and um, um, yeah, so it's... What can you do? You just got to keep on well, marching you can't, on. You there's just, nothing you can do. There's nothing. That's what I've realised after. I, I know she's there with me. Yeah, though. I feel yeah. like she's there and looking mm. after me. And um, mm. always. Mm. No, she was a remarkable thinking, woman, Vivian. Thinking about Remar- her remarkable woman. She was. Yeah. You know, hard to find somebody like that. And just coming into her own in terms yeah, of being an activist. Yeah. And, and know, f- she would have been scary power because she yeah, was to begin yeah, with. Yeah. And I remember I interviewed her on Radical Australia when, when she first came to Melbourne. She was, you know, retiring. Quiet, yes. but uh, she got she involved. Cha- she me. changed. She, she got involved with me. That's she why. changed. She changed for the better. Well, she 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 she, she loved me, you know, mm. and, and it's it's really special to have someone love you in your yes, life, isn't yes, it? And um, yes. I, I felt that. And um, she used to praise me up all the time. I could do no wrong in Viv's eyes. Oh no, no, no I'm sure. No, she used to tell me you could do wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she just pretended. She, no, she was a great she was woman. Inspired, she was I inspiring. Think I inspired her, and, and then yeah. she started inspiring me. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when you turned up on the steps of Parliament House when we were doing that ten-day, you know, public housing yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, there she was, and she was asking questions, and yeah. you were standing in the background listening. You know, and I thought, I know who's the boss here. <laughs> Vivian, <laughs> that's right. But, no, no, she, you made she, very, she was well educated. You, too. you oh, made a very nice. You made very nice partners. I always oh, I, really, I thought that too. Oh, you yeah. really, I don't know. There was something about the two of you. Just there was an ease there. There was mm. just something real nice, like a like a solid like friendship. Yes, and yeah, respect. Really was, yeah. That's what I. That's the feeling that I got, yeah. Robbie. And we're very equal, you know. Uh, yeah, we, how we sat together and um, mm. Mm. you know and. She had she had this beautiful family that you would know her, her non-Aboriginal family that mm. possesses mm. incredible story behind mm. all that and mm. Viv's early years she first started speaking French when she was first language and Fiji and then English and stuff like that mm. so mm. quite an incredible woman and mm. didn't really get to see the best of her I don't think in terms of her no, what she could no, have she was so courageous I remember when the uh, you know, that little anti-vax rump of the CFMEU was going off their heads. She went down there to, to berate them. And, and she's 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 got, you know, f- third stage, fourth stage breast cancer. She knows she's and sick she's as a dog. And them, she goes yeah. down there to, you know, set them right. Because well, she was working for the for the health me. service, the Richmond Health Service at that stage. Yeah. She'd done that with eye mark. I said, yeah. don't go there getting sprayed with that stuff like that. And yeah. I said, no, she was... She didn't care. She had to do it. Fearless, yeah. fearless. A couple of times. I've never been sprayed, but she got sprayed three times since yeah, I was with yeah, her. And um, yeah. fearless. And then, yeah. and, and she's, she's right too. She was always right on those sorts of things. She was very brave. And I, you know, I, I miss her dearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all do. We all do. Yeah. yeah, look, sorry to make you feel sad, Robbie. But <laughs> the, the, that's no, the, well, I'm you proud know. of her. You know, I'm not, no. I could being sad either. Well, it's be sad, but... um. 
Yeah, he's got to you've got to get on. And I think yeah. that the honour and Bib is to to keep punching. Yeah, and you know, and she does give me that energy too. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you thinking of going back to the tent embassy at, at some stage? Or? I'm struggling to get there. What do you mean you're struggling? Well, you need the bus fare. I'll give you the bus fare. Well, what am I going to get up there on the bus and I'm just stuck there? <laughs> I'll give you a return bus fare. <laughs> I, I really do want to get there. So, yeah. um, mm. I was hoping Stan. Stan Grant would set up his media tent there. Yeah, it'd be good. You know, Why don't you go there and go and hang out with your mob, Stan? Yeah. Right, and, and, and Lydia, too, take your little uh, Senate tent down to the embassy. Yeah. Because that's the people, idea. that's the real voice in Canberra. It's been there for 50 years. Yeah. yeah. No one had the decency to walk 50 metres to engage with that voice. Mm. And they've been talking about the sovereignty. Oh, mm. That's the one they don't want to hear about. And that's the answer, the truth. Mm. Why don't we chuck the turd out of here, Charles III, and recognise the true sovereignty? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a win-win, if you understand what I mean. You know, mm. we're not, why is there a foreign monarch controlling our lives and, and multinational mining companies tearing this place apart when we can stop that if you recognise the true sovereignty? Uh, right? Right. Don't be frightened of a treaty, you fellas. Oh, Sovereign. Not, uh, not front of a treaty, mate. I'm happy to give you blankets and uh, flour. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure there's no smallpox. No, well, I don't oh, know that about that. A... You need the extra, don't you? <laughs> and plus, they're, they're rubbish, those grey, itchy blankets. Oh, they're rubbish, all right. We, we invented the doona. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the possum skin cloak, which oh. is the most beautiful... Oh, it is, it is, uh, it is. ...blanket you could ever uh, when, I, when, I, when I see those Aboriginal elders wrapped up in their uh, possum skin, all from New Zealand these days, you can't kill local possums. Not even you, mob, are allowed. But that, the fur is such <laughs> yeah. a good fur. It's only second to the... Um, it's only second well, <laughs> to the... The polar bear, in terms of oh uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's can, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Really, really. yeah, when you when you look at those historical and they're pictures, so soft. Yeah, you look at the, you see the whole mob standing there in their possum. And plus, we're always yeah. sitting around watching footy. We invented the game football, right? We're yeah. always you need a good jacket when you're watching footy. You can mm. imagine that before colonisers came out. Yeah, yeah. Down here, at what they call the MCG, that was an actual football Foot- Mm. That's another story for another day, Joe. Is yeah. the game of football what the white man calls their religion these days? Uh, that was Blackfellas stuff, yeah, right? I'm and a, they prevented our team yeah, room. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not my religion. My religion used to be rugby league, but then I, like you, oh. I grew up. Oh, God, I, <laughs> I mean, I used to be a very good rugby league not player. Oh. Yeah, but I was I was a, a winger, and I was about seventeen, and I got th- four goals in a row, and uh, I was. Top, I thought I was top notch, big boy, you know. I thought I was the number one ants pants. Fifth goal, these brutes picked me up and p- pile drove me into the ground. I had blood streaming from my face, and I thought, "That's it. I'm not doing this again." Like you, I think I, we I made the I think we made the right decision, I mate. Playing hoppo bumpo and, yeah, yeah. and British bulldog in the yeah. shoulder shed at school. I used to love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we were just knocking them on the fire. Uh, I, I love sport. I really do. I think it's yeah, so look, look, just in case, just in case nobody knows who Robbie Forpe is at 3CR. When are your programs, and what are they called? Uh, on Monday, I'm just taking care of um, Vivian's program, Black Black. We're looking for a, an Aboriginal woman voice in particular, but it doesn't have to be. So I'm just looking after that at the present time. That's on Mondays at 11 till 1. Wednesdays, I'm on from 11 till 2. That's um, Bunzel's Fire. And on Friday, I'm on for one hour, and that's called Black and Deadly. 
great. I've got some good crew all around me too. Yeah, especially security over there. You, you going to say anything before we go? Uh, the, the possum fur is uh, so warm because it's hollow. Right. Yeah, like, like the polar bear too. Yeah, yeah, The, yeah, the, yeah. the well, fur is actually um, hollow and that, yeah. that sort of insulates. And when's your show, Gav? Let folks know. Oh, Tuesdays 10 till 12. Mm. What's it called? Uh, Billabong Beats, on <laughs> 3CR. Yeah, we've heard about Billabong Beats. It's about time we turned off the power, mate. Ah. <laughs> All the best. Thank you very much for Thank coming you. in. Thanks, Thanks, no, it's a pleasure having you here for NAIDOC Week. Yeah, All yeah. the best. Cheers. Thank you. See your stories, songs, opinions and poems from the men and women inside while connecting with culture and community. The shows will be live on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. 3CR Digital and streaming via our website or the Community Radio Plus app. For more information, head to our website, 3cr.org.au backslash beyond the bars. Every Wednesday at 11am, join me, Bunzolini, at the fire in Community Radio 3CR. Three hours of historically informed, critical analysis of Aboriginal affairs and the ongoing political movement for land rights, treaty, sovereignty and the cessation of genocide. Featuring the best of black music. Bundles Fire, 11am to 2pm, every Wednesday on Community Radio 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.